I'm Adam, I'm the lead communicator around here. I'm excited you guys are out uh, to kick off the new year with us. And um, I'm just excited because today is a special day. I'm gonna talk about some things today that I've really wanted to talk about for a long, long time. And I'm gonna say some, th some things today that are really just gonna kinda set the stage for 2016. Gonna set the stage at Downtown Harbor Church for what we're gonna talk about around here and what we're gonna be doing around here. Now, if you don't know anything about me, my name is Adam, as I said, and I grew up in church my entire life. In fact, there's not a day in my life that I can think back upon where we weren't, meaning my family or me personally, wasn't involved in church. I was in church since I was a young kid, which is uh, you know, interesting that I didn't really get involved in church until I was around 19 years old, when I actually started volunteering at my local church. And sure enough, I started volunteering, and I actually walked into the wrong office, which is why I'm here today, which is kind of interesting. I was supposed to go volunteer with teenagers, with the youth department, and I accidentally walked into the kids director's office and I said well something must be meant to be about this so I think that I'll say yes to volunteering and the rest is history but I've always kind of been in church and grown up in church and but once I got involved in church and once I kind of plugged into church something about church was just weird to me something was off to me I could not put my finger on it but as I kind of navigated my way through this thing called church something just wasn't right it was this ritualistic uh, come and be someone who you're not kind of a thing and and then we'll go into our work weeks and be somebody else and throughout my journey of being involved in churches and working in churches and eventually becoming full-time on staff and going to different churches something has just really never been right about church for me. It was weird. Something was different. Furthermore, the things that I would read in the ancient scriptures about God, about Jesus, those things for sure didn't line up with what I was seeing happen in the local church. It didn't line up with what I was experiencing. So throughout my life, there was something that was happening inside of me that broke my heart. And it broke my heart so much that me and a couple of other people just a few short months ago set out on a journey to launch downtown Harbor Church. And so that's what we did, and we're setting out to redefine the church experience in the city of Fort Lauderdale. And today, I want to talk about a couple of things that I think we've gotten wrong in the past, the church Christians have gotten wrong in the past, and that we here at Downtown Harbor Church need to start getting right. And this is what we're going to talk about today, and it's going to set the tone for the year 2016. And I gotta tell you, I was jumping out of my skin with excitement. I woke up at 12.30 this morning and have not been back to sleep just because I've been staring at the ceiling working on this, okay? Now, it wasn't the first time I worked on it. It's been in the can for months, but I could not stop thinking about it. So here's a couple of the things, and I'm gonna unpack those throughout the day. So don't be you know, like scared by the shock value up front because I do that just for effect sometimes, okay? Here's some of the things that I think that we've gotten wrong church Christians have gotten wrong, and I want to start getting right, and we're going to talk about that today. Okay, here's the first one, God. I think we've got God wrong in some ways. I think that culture has an opinion of God based on how the local church represents him that we need to kind of write that's been wrong. Here's another one, Jesus. I really feel like Jesus who was God in the flesh here on earth. Culture does not have the opinion of him that they should. We may have even misunderstood him, and we got to talk about how to get him right because it's pretty clear who he is. Here's the next one. You. I believe that those of us who've been in church and those of us who have been Christians for a while 
we have gotten some stuff wrong about ourselves and the way that we respond to culture and the world that we need to get right. And then lastly, and this just might be the most important one that we talk about today, I believe the church has gotten a lot of stuff wrong. In fact, we've gotten so much wrong that it's declining across the entire world, specifically in our country, more even specific to us, our city, where 87% of people do not attend any local church. You know what that means? That means even the churches that exist, which are good churches, aren't reaching everyone. So we have to do something different. So we're going to unpack the four of these things today, and I can't wait to kind of talk about it and start a conversation. And here's the cool thing. This is just my opinion. This is just something that, like, you know, I think it's not the position of Downtown Harbor Church. We don't take stances. We build relationships. So even if you don't agree with what we say up here, that's okay. We still want you to be a part of what we're doing. But let's talk about the first one that I mentioned, God. Because Throughout my history with church and Christians, I have been told throughout my entire history who God is. Furthermore, I've been told that we have every answer that there could ever be about God. We know who he is, this, this creator, this spiritual being. We know who he is, and we know everything about him. Therefore, you, if you want to be a part of what we're doing here at churches that I've been a part of, if you don't believe every Everything that we believe about God, you really can't be a part of us. Now, you can come, but you really can't engage with us because we need you to check the box that you believe this, 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 and this about God. And I have to tell you something. As I was growing in my faith, when I first became a follower of the Jesus movement, and I would try to discover who God is and try to get to know him more and try to kind of like uncover things about the creator of the universe. As I tried to grow my faith and I had questions and doubts, I was often told that's not the way that it is. And if you don't believe that, you're not experiencing who God is fully. Let me make a point because I think it's so important for us to understand this as a church and as downtown Harbor, and we own this next thing throughout our journey in 2016. Here's what I want to tell you. God is bigger than we could ever grasp or imagine. God, the creator of the universe, who created everything in it, our world, our planet, our lives, every creature you see and the entire universe, somewhere along the way, what we began to do as Christians and as the local church is we began to put God in a box. We began to put God in this little square box and we said, if you don't understand the parameters of who he is this way, you'll never be able to know him. However, in the eighth century, a guy by the name of Isaiah was born. He was a prophet he wrote a book in the ancient scriptures that he prophesied on. And listen to what he says about the all-powerful God, the creator of the universe. So he said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your Thoughts. This guy, Isaiah, was so regarded as this reputable prophet that some people thought that he was actually talking about the past because he was so dead on accurate. And do you know what this means? So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Here's what that means. God is bigger than us. 
God is bigger than we could ever grasp or imagine. And furthermore, we as human beings are not ever meant to know every single thing that there is to know about God because if we knew everything that there was to know about God and we had the power that God had, guess what? We would be God. And I'm not, and I don't think anybody here is either. Here's the deal. You will never know everything there is to know about God. You will never understand everything there is to understand about God, and that's okay. It's kind of like the defroster on your car, right? I don't understand the defroster on my car. Do you? I mean, because here's the deal. I get into the car, and let's say it's a cold South Florida day, which is rare, especially this year, right? But let's say you get in there and you got some frost. You would think that by turning it up on the heat side of things, that that would cure things. I can't figure out the defroster in my car. It's never worked. Ultimately, the entire car steams up. I'm there probably doing some things that I shouldn't with my words at that point, probably about to cause an accident. But here's what I know. Eventually, the defroster works it out, even though I don't get it. And the same thing is true. God is bigger than we could ever ask for to understand or imagine, and we have to just understand that, that we're never going to know everything there is to know about God. But there are a lot of things about God that we know, aren't there? There are a lot of things about God that we already know. We're not going to know everything, but there's a lot of things that we know. And furthermore, this is confirmed when we look at the life of Jesus, which is what we're going to do in just a second. But if this is true, which I believe that it is, there are also a lot of things about God that what? We don't know. Before I started Downtown Harbor Church, I spent about 12 years in kids' ministry. Now, if you've ever spent any time in kids' ministry, you know that you need medication and a nice cozy bed, okay? That's what you need every single day because it's crazy. But one of the things that we said to our volunteers time after time again was, don't be afraid to say you don't know because we don't know everything. And we had a volunteer training one time, and we asked our volunteers, what are some questions about God or the Bible or history or whatever it is that kids will ask that we honestly, at the core of our being, don't know the answer to? Here's one. Who made God? We don't know the answer to that question. I don't. You don't. Here's another one. What does God look like? If you've seen pictures of God, he generally is like a guy on a cloud somewhere, okay? Or if you've seen pictures of Jesus, you would think he's an adult male about 6'2 with a beard from Kansas City who may or may not be the lead singer of the Eagles, right? This is what we've seen about God. Here's another one that I've been asked by kids. This is the number one that we don't really know the answer to about God and the future and heaven. Here's the number one, right? Do dogs go to heaven? Yes. Well, like, no, I mean, we don't know, but yes. Like, I mean, I did, I'm a new owner of a dog. So, like, if she's not there when I, I mean, I'm, a, you know, all right, moving on. Here's the deal. There are a lot of things that we know about God, but there's a lot of things that we don't know about God. And I said this the last time Downtown Harbor Church met, and I believe it so strongly that I'm going to say it again. Because if you really want to know, you want to know who God really is, look at the life of Jesus. If you want to know who God really is, look at the life of Jesus. And when you kind of make a commitment 
to look at the life of Jesus, when you understand that he is who he said that he was, that he is God's only human representation in the form of his son here on earth who died and then rose again, you take him a little more seriously and you begin to understand more about God than you ever thought that you could. Because here's another thing. And I just so believe this because we've been told that we can know God in a moment and that's true and we kind of make a commitment to God to kind of write our life and to follow Jesus' teachings and to follow the ways of God. Here's another thing I just think as I close the God thing and I don't want you to miss this because this is so, so key to everything that we're going to be talking about at DHC in 2016. Here, you can know God in an instant. There can be a moment in your life where you kind of stop and you go, yes, I believe that Jesus is who he said that he was, and I'm going to take my journey. I'm going to start my path to knowing God and who he is. You can know God in an instant, but it will take you a lifetime to figure out what that means. It will take you a lifetime to figure out what that means. We are all on a journey to discover who God is and if we really want to know who God is, we're going to look at the life of Jesus, but it is going to take us forever. And even as we approach the end of our life, we're never going to have it all figured out. And here is the thing, that's okay. Now, that's about God, the creator of the universe. God, the father, you'll hear us talk about. But let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus, who we've talked about a lot here at Downtown Harbor. Jesus, the only human representation of God to ever walk the earth. He was the purest person who ever lived. God's only son who he sent into this earth not only to save us people, but to teach us how to live. And if you want to know God more, I told you to look at the life of Jesus. Let's take a look at what Jesus said was the most important thing that you could ever do. Don't miss this because this is the most important thing that God on earth said that you should do. Gosh, this is so big. Here it is. One of the teachers of the religious law, this is in Mark in the New Testament, chapter 12. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate because Jesus loved to stir the pot. Jesus loved to take people who thought they were the religious leaders of the time and just really rough them up and kind of get them thinking. It was awesome. Standing there listening to the debate, he realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, and this was a big moment for these people, these religious leaders, these scholars at the time, they really wanted to know the answer to this question. Of all the commandments, which is the most important Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, the God that I just described. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And I wasn't there to see this, and neither were any of you, but I almost imagined there was a pause there. <gasps> Jesus may have taken a breath. And the religious leaders at the time thought, see, this is it. We knew it. This is it. This is what we got to do. But Jesus then flipped the switch on the history of humanity. He flipped the switch on everything for the future right after he said this, because he said this, the second is equally important, equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No commandment is greater than these. Basically, what he's saying is love is everything. 
That is what Jesus said was the most important. That's what describes God the Father. That's what means the most. Everything else hangs upon the balance of love. Everything else hangs upon the balance of what he said. No other commandment is greater than these. Your experience with church been like that? Mine hasn't. Not at all. In fact, I've rarely heard the word love mentioned in my church experience. That's why I say it so much. And I'm not saying it so much because I think it's so important. I'm saying it so much because Jesus said no other commandment is greater than these. If you have a beef with that, take it up with him, not I. He basically is saying, love is everything. Love is what you should do. Everything else is just commentary. You should read it. You should study it. You should know it. It's not bad. It's good. But this is what means the most. And because my experience in church hasn't included that, I developed a broken heart. And when I say that, I'm very serious. Because all I saw church become was a country club for the people who were already there, putting on events for the people who were already there, putting on classes and studies that helped them who were already there go deeper. And everybody else who wasn't a part couldn't be included. And it broke my heart. That's why we set out to redefine. That's why we set out to do something different. So once you decide to kind of be a part of a church and be a part of this Jesus movement kind of a thing, I told you I was going to talk about you. And I'm not just talking about you. I was going to talk about me too. Historically, and I don't know when this happened, but churches and Christians had some characteristics or some traits that they developed. They developed some, you know, some personality quirks that that are just commonly out there. And if you ask people who aren't a part of a local church, you'll see that they kind of think this about those of us who call themselves Christians. This is like a common opinion, right? Here's the first thing they think about you, us, me, who would call ourselves part of this. I think we're self-righteous that we basically have it all figured out and that we're better than everyone else. Arrogant. These aren't my things that we came up with. We asked people what they thought of Christians. Narrow-minded, meaning that there's no other way necessarily other than the way I think that it's permissible, that you can't even talk to someone. Furthermore, be in friendship or relationship with somebody who might think differently with you about something and that everybody needs to adhere to their moral code. And by the way, I think that the moral code is a good moral code. But we've been looked at negatively. And so here's what I want to say to you. Those of us in this room who would call ourselves a part of the Jesus movement, and if you're not a part of the Jesus movement, you're off the hook. Feel free to act like this. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you say, this loving God by loving other people is the way that I'm going to live my life, and I believe that he is who he said that he is, You can't do this because nobody who's not a part of the Jesus movement wants to be a part of something like this. They don't. And the only reason we know is because we asked them. We asked people what they thought. You are to figure out how to love your neighbor as yourself. 
You, as a part of Downtown Harbor Church, who would come here and engage with us and be a part of this movement, here is your primary responsibility, primary, figuring out how to love your neighbor as yourself. You need to own this. You need to own it. I need to own it. It is that important. So let's ask the question, who's your neighbor? Your neighbor is not just the person who lives next door. Your neighbor is your spouse. Your neighbor is your parents. Your neighbor is your kids. Your neighbor is your friends. Your neighbor is the people who you interact with when you go out in public to a supermarket. There's so many neighbors, and we need to figure out how to love our neighbor as ourselves. If you looked at this as your primary responsibility in your life, as a part of the Jesus movement, and by the way, the other things that we've been trained to do, prayer, attending church, going to classes, those aren't bad things. They're just not primary. They're just not the thing that means the most based on what Jesus said. Lastly, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the church. I want to talk about Downtown Harbor Church and what we all are about. Our mission statement is to redefine the church experience in the city of Fort Lauderdale, but taking that a step further, us, we, we're a group of people on a journey to love their neighbors themselves. If you're on an individual journey, then this church is on a group journey to figure out how we can give back to our communities, to help people who are sick and needy and who are widows and orphans. Those are Jesus's words too, that we can give back to people where they're at here and now. That is what we as a group of people are going to do. But too often, church has turned into being all about the person on the stage. And that makes me mad. I need to learn to control anger because that's not a good thing. I talked about that during what was I thinking, if you remember, like putting your fist through a wall and you shouldn't do that. But like, here's the deal. Church has turned into being all about the person, the guy or the girl who's up here on this stage talking. In fact, I have had people, when I leave the stage, this is so big, okay? When I've left the stage, whether speaking at a conference or talking here or speaking at any of my former churches, every time that I've done it, I've had someone come up to me, well, not here, but used to be, okay? They come up to me and they said, Adam, you were anointed today. Well, that's a term that is used in the ancient scriptures, but you were anointed today. Let me define that term for you if you don't know what that term means. To consecrate or make sacred in a ceremony that includes the token of applying of oil. I am not anointed, I just prepared. The person next to you is as important as any person who will stand on this stage. This is not about me or any person who will stand up here. This is about what Downtown Harbor Church will do together. This is about what this community of people will do together. And I'll tell you one thing that we won't do. You will never, as long as you're here, idolize me or any person on this stage because that is the complete opposite of what the Jesus movement is all about. Now, speaking of church and your role here and how you're plugged into downtown Harbor Church, I want to read you a passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians, and it says this, and it talks about the church. This is so cool, because it talks about all of us having a place. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
verse 24 through 26. So God has put the body together. The body is a representation for what we all are who sit in this room. God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all of the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Let me tell you what this says. This is basically saying to you who are a part of Downtown Harbor Church, this is not about me. This is about all of us together. It's about every single thing that we will do. And one of the things that makes me more angry than anything related to my experience in church, one of the things that broke my heart more than ever is this, is that church has turned into a spectator sport. Church turned into something that you went to rather than you were a part of. Church turned into something where you sat and heard a message, and if you didn't like the message or the message wasn't deep enough for you, you left. Church has turned into a spectator sport where it became all about you and all about me. And it was never meant to be that way. And at Downtown Harbor Church, it is our job, our goal to redefine things as we aim to reach this city. Last thing I'll say is this. Caitlin and I have rented an apartment in Fort Lauderdale for seven years. We've lived in this city for seven years in the same apartment complex. On New Year's Eve, they deactivated my elevator access because I had been there so long. I went into the elevator at like 12.02 and they shut me out. And I was like, I went to the security and I was like, what happened? They're like, you've lived here long enough. They shut you out. And I was like, oh, bummer. Am I evicted? And they're like, no. Okay, I said, good. I hope not because my dog would have no place to go. That'd be brutal. Um, anyway, so Caitlin and I have lived in our apartment for seven years. And let me tell you something about Caitlin. She does not want to do anything to the apartment. Let me tell you what I mean. She doesn't want to change the decor. She doesn't want to update the flooring. She doesn't want to update lighting fixtures. She doesn't want to change out countertops. She doesn't want to get new furniture. Why? Because it's not hers. She rents it. It's never been her property. But recently, Caitlin and I bought a condo. We're already thinking about things differently. She's already have, she already has enough Pinterest boards to drive me insane, okay? And she keeps showing me stuff because why? Because she owns this new property that we just bought. And too long in churches, and I want to challenge everybody in the room this today. I just want to challenge you with this today. Too long in churches, we've approached how we look at church with a renting mentality. It's not ours. It's the guy on the stage whose church it is. I'm only going to get involved so much or come so often because it's not mine. I don't want any type of commitment to it. If you want to redefine the church experience, you need to be an owner and not a renter. If you want to be involved in downtown Harbor Church, we want you, but we don't want renters. We want people to come and engage and give back and understand what being a part of the Jesus movement is all about. Because too long, people have sat in churches with renting mentalities where they just sit there and it's all about them. And it broke my heart over and over and over again. That's why today I wanted to talk about God. I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about you. And I wanted to talk about church. 
because it's so important for all of us in this room to understand what these things are as we go forward into this year because people are going to come and check us out and be a part of us. And it's important for us to know this is not your normal church where you just kind of sit back and glide by. We want you to come and engage and be a part of us, not because we just want it more for us, but because that's what makes spectators. And our community is too important to just have a bunch of spectators. People are suffering, dying, hungry, lost, sick. And we want to respond to Jesus' call to us to love our neighbor as ourself. And I'll tell you this, I have and will continue to give my entire life to make that happen. And I won't look back. That's why throughout our first few months at Downtown Harbor Church, we talked about what it was like to redefine that was our first message series. We talked about what it was like to do things differently. We also talked about this idea of being the, the story of the prodigal son and that every person in your life, no matter where they go, no matter what you do, will always have a seat at your table. We then talked about what was I thinking. We looked at the book of Proverbs and looked at five topics that really hit home for people we encouraged people to make wise decisions so they didn't have to get up in the morning anymore and ask this question, what was I thinking? We then talked about a really personal topic at Christmas time, forgiveness, and how essential that was to you and your life, letting go of things your family did to you, letting go of things you've done to yourself, and finally embracing God for the first time. For the next four weeks, we're gonna start a new series called Storytelling. And we're gonna take a look at parables told by Jesus. Stories that were fictional, made up, that he used to prove some of the most important points that we could ever learn. It's been fun to watch us go through these and people come up to us afterward and just say, you have no idea what's going on here. It's changing my life. Good things are happening. And that's because this group of people are responding to that call to love your neighbor as yourself. What if, what if we just did that? What if our city started to do that and it started right here? What would our city look like? What would our community look like if just the followers of the Jesus movement got that right? everything would be different. And at Downtown Harbor Church, that's our goal. Allow me to pray for us. God, thanks so much for who you are and what you do and how you teach us and how you revealed yourself to us through Jesus here on earth. And we can see who you are and how your character is based on his life. A story of love and restoration and hope. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? So I pray that you would just prepare our hearts for what we're going to do this year. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be revolutionary. It's going to be life-changing for everybody involved in it in a great, phenomenal way. Dear God, we are so thankful for the blessings that we have in ways that I described earlier that we don't even understand and may never and probably will never understand, but we acknowledge that they're there. We say thank you. We tell you we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.